Hey listeners, welcome back to Topics with Tim. Thank you for joining me once again. Today's episode is going to be on the Old School Iron Athlean-X program that I just finished. Four months ago, I started this program. It has been four months since. I've had quite a transformation. I'm going to be posting a photo of myself from early November when I, or sorry, late November when I started to now. And it's quite a transformation, especially for me. So I'm really excited about it. I definitely am going to repeat this program at some point. I'm still kind of trying to decide whether or not I want to go back to max size, which was a program that I loved, or do the Dragon, which was a bonus program that I got when I bought Old School Iron. And that one is inspired by Bruce Lee and has a lot more cardio intensive work. I took a peek at it the other day to kind of see what I'd be getting myself into. And it's definitely not more cardio. In fact, they have days literally dedicated just to running. So I'm not super enthused about that because if you know me, you know that I don't I don't love running. I love playing sports. I'll play basketball for hours on end. I'll play soccer for hours on hours on end. I'll play spike ball. I'll play whatever sports. Running sports don't care. But when you ask me just to run around a track or run around the neighborhood, I hate it. I need a ball. I need something going on to take my mind off thinking about running. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's just too boring for me. Even even with a podcast. A podcast makes it bearable. But I need some other stimulation. I'm sure there are many of you who can relate with that and kind of need that little extra stimulation. But some people love it. Some people, like my brother, for example, he just loves to go run. He'll just run eight, nine miles. Just, just loves it. Just thinks about all he says he thinks about, you know, stuff he's going to do for people or thinks about video ideas or whatever he does. He just thinks about a bunch of stuff while he's running. I can't do that. I don't know why. I've I've I tried cross country. The only reason I liked it is cuz it made it it was bearable because I met my one of my best buddies Blake on the cross country team. That was pretty much the only thing that made it bearable cuz we just run together and and talk and try to get out of stuff together. Try to get out of sprints. <laughs> so Blake if you're listening. <laughs> Oh man, did we try to get out of those sprints? I actually like sprints more now than I used to. I actually prefer sprints as opposed to doing long distance running just for running. But I'm sure again, I'm sure many of you can relate to that. Running is for a special breed of person, a special breed, which is not me. That's why I like lifting big things instead. So with that being said, I haven't made a decision yet on what I'm gonna do next, but maybe I'll just flip a coin between max size and old school. Well, I guess I have three choices. Max size, doing old school again, or doing drag. I'll probably just just doing dragon just because it's new and I haven't tried it. Crap. I'm going to start running again. Crap. Oh, well. Is what it is. Decision's been made. Be doing dragon. I'll let you guys know how that goes. So let's talk about old school iron. And let's talk about specifically month four, which was the month that I just completed. Now, right off the bat, I will say this. I watched a video probably about a month or two ago from a guy named Simeon Panda, who is this British bodybuilder who is just jacked beyond belief, just massive, probably massive to the point where you just can't even scratch your forehead. You're so big, but he looks great. He looks awesome. And so he's got some good content, some good videos. And so I remember him doing a video one time with a, a guy, I don't recall his name, but he was more, he was specifically doing shows. So he was bodybuilding specifically to do shows. And so the big difference between them was the dude that was doing shows was way more just, how do I put it? You could see each ripple of muscle. It wasn't necessarily that he was leaner. It was just each muscle was so much more developed clearly to where it was like, whoa, it just popped. And of course, Simeon Panda looks great too, but but it was odd seeing the comparison of Simeon Panda and him and how much just more, just the muscles were just more developed and you could see the individual muscles more. And that makes sense because he's training for a show. He needs, he literally is flexing in front of people for a living. So he would need each muscle to have like the max striation and max show to win the show. And so what was interesting is Simeon Panda was, going to work out with him and and he was going to walk him through some compound movements, bench press, you know, squat, deadlift. And the guy mentioned that he never does any compound lifts because he said, if you're training for a show, 
you need you want to work each muscle individually because then you can develop it more and get the more the look that he had, which was just more eye popping and more striation and more individual muscle development. If you do compound movements, that's great for strength, overall strength, and that's great for performance because you can perform movements that require multiple muscles all working together, but it doesn't look as good during a show because the each individual muscles are not developed individually, but they're always used in conjunction with one another in these compound lifts. And so it got me thinking about, whoa, <clears throat> that's interesting that if you were doing a show, if you wanted to have the max, you know, ripped look, you would actually not really do any compound lifts. You would not do bench press. You would not do deadlift, right? You would not do a shoulder press. You would find ways to individually work each muscle. So for a chest day, you would do a lot of machine chest work or you would do specific with dumbbells, I think. You just more really individually attack that muscle and try to take any sort of compound movements out of it to where you're just focusing on that muscle group. Now, again, I think it all depends on what your goals are. If, you're, if your goal is to be in a show, if your goal is to look the most ripped developed ever, then yeah, you would want to maybe avoid the compound lifts and go with lifts that are more strategically targeted to certain muscle groups. But then if you, if you want performance and you enjoy lifting big things like I do, then of course you would incorporate compound lifts because you're using a bunch of muscle groups together and you burn more calories that way because more muscles are working together. And it's more of an athletic movement because if I'm doing something athletic, Typically, any sort of athletic movement is requiring multiple muscles at the same time to all be used in conjunction with one another. So, therefore, I would want to do compound lifts. But anyway, why I bring that up is because this month was focused on what they, the guy in the show was talking about, which was I was hitting individual muscle groups all week long and really doing little to no compound movements. And so I've never done a month like this. Every month that I've done for all of my Athlean-X programs, whether it was max size, old school iron, there was always plenty of compound lifts each month, just, just always. So it was interesting this month, not really doing the bench press at all. Not really doing, you know, much squatting. There was some, but not a ton. There was really no, there was a little bit of shoulder pressing. But really, a lot of the compound movement, no, no deadlifts really. Where all the major compounds were, were sort of not, not, not in this one. So it was interesting, and I'll tell you about my experience with that. So the way that it worked was: day one was chest day, day two was back, three was quads, four was shoulders, five was arms, six was glutes and hamstrings, and then you had one rest day. So that was different. That was, that was very different. I've never, you know, it was nice because I loved the fact that four out of the six days were upper body days. And, you know, me being a bro, I guess, I look forward to the days when I get to work upper body. Whereas if you're coming in for a leg day, you're not quite as excited because you don't really get to watch yourself in the mirror, getting a good pump. And it's a lot more work. It's a lot more tiring. You're sweating, you're, you're dripping, doing quads, doing glutes and hams. So it's not always a day you're looking forward to quite as much. So it was nice to have four, four days out of the six where I could not wait to get in the gym. Just could not wait. Just get like chest day. Let's go back day. Let's go shoulders day. Aren't like each of those four days during the week. I was so excited to get in the gym and the other two days, the quads and the glutes, obviously I was kind of had to drag myself there, <laughs> but like this is so important. It really is crucial. So you just got to do it regardless. So let me walk you through. Now, it was interesting, too, because you sort of had a focus for the week as far as how you would be training. And this was interesting because I I kind of ironically or I guess just coincidentally watched a video by a YouTuber named Jeremy Ether, and he was breaking down how you can actually do the same movements in different ways to grow your muscles faster and your muscles kind of respond sometimes to just doing the same thing a different way. And so what was interesting about this program was each week had a different focus as far as how you're doing the movements. They were the same movements for the most part. There was actually a good amount of differentiation, which I'll talk about later as well. So for example, week one 
was pretty pretty normal. It was your, your pretty normal amount of reps, 8 to 10 or even 8 to 12. There was no specific, hey, you know, do this. I guess I shouldn't say that. It was week one was supersets. So you would do supersets, but you would do everything normal, right? If I'm going, you know, it says, hey, you know, you want to just fail in the 10 to 12 range. So I would just, you know, do my thing, boom, boom, boom. Around 10 to 12, I fail. Sweet. Superset with a different thing, you know, and then back to it. And so I wasn't really doing the movements any differently. I was just supersetting with a different movement. However, week two, all of a sudden, we're working on on sort of the explosiveness of an exercise. So let's say I was doing a a barbell chest press, like incline chest press. So now the focus is not just doing, you know, 10 to 12 reps standard. Now I'm performing six to eight reps with the intent of accelerating every rep as fast as possible on the concentric, which means the way up, followed by a three second eccentric, which is the way down. So this time I was going heavier because it's only six to eight reps. And I was trying to just explode up as fast as I could on the concentric and then slowly lower down one, two, three. And by the time I hit three, I'm back in that stretched position and then explode up again. So that was, I had never really done training specifically. Hey, do this, this certain way. I, you know, most of the stuff I've done, Hey, it's either you do six to eight, eight to 10, 10 to 12, just fail within those ranges. Boom. But I would just do them, you know, up, down my normal pacing for any sort of lift. But this time it was, no, you're accelerating up, you're exploding up and then eccentrically coming down with three seconds. So apparently according to this Jeremy Ether video I watched, that can speed up muscle growth when you do it a sort of a different way. It's sort of a new stimulus on the muscle. It's the same movement, heavier or less weight, doesn't really matter, but the way you do it can kind of kind of affect how fast you can get results. So that was week two. Week three, the focus was now on partial repetitions. So what that means is I do something like a push-up, and I would fail. And the moment I would fail, I would then try to do as many partial reps as possible. Now, normally you don't really want to do partial reps. In fact, most of most of the stuff I've seen and most of the the data shows partial reps just don't. You want to put you want to put a muscle through its full range of motion. That's what gets you results. You don't want to do partials. However, the only time partials can really be effective are in this situation where I do a push up, I do so many that I fail. I can't do a full. I can't go all the way up and lock out on a push up. So I would just do partials. I would just kind of go, you know, just barely up, maybe about you know, six to 12 inches off the ground, come back and just bust out as many partial repetitions as I could, since you still have enough strength just to do a few, basically half repetitions or a little less than half repetitions. You still had enough, you didn't have enough strength to fully get all the way up and lock out, but you had enough left to where you could just bust out a few partials before you literally can't even get your body up off the ground anymore. So the focus on this one was partials. You would do these different exercises. You would form failure to where I can't get a full range of motion. I'm partialing as many times as I can until I can't even do that anymore. And I literally can't even get up on the bar for a dip or can't even push the straps forward on a cable crossover. And then boom, you're done with the exercise. You move on to the next one. So it's interesting having these three different ways of training. They're standard 10 to 12, which is more of a hypertrophy range, not really a strength range. Then you had a strength range with the explosive and then slow eccentric. And then now we're doing these partials where I'm just trying to get as much volume as I can, basically, and as much out of the muscle as I can before I literally can't do anymore. So they had their various, I think my favorite one was definitely doing the explosive up with the slow eccentric. I've always enjoyed going heavier going six to eight is I like being in that range as opposed to being 10 to 12 and more. And so I enjoyed that component, the strength component of it. I enjoyed kind of the, it was fun to try to explode up as fast as I could and then slow down and then explode up. It felt, I don't know, kind of fun. Like I was performing something just explosively. And as someone who I'm an athlete, you know, I play basketball a couple times a week now and used to play soccer all the time. would love to get back into that. Hopefully when things open up some more, 
I think I think I like explosive movements because it it's um it reminds me of being an athlete and I I like athletics. The other things that changed week to week were sort of the way you did your finisher. So at the end of every workout, there was sort of this legend killer finisher is what he called it. And you would kind of do it three different ways in the same way where you did three, you did the same exercise three different ways for all the other exercises. Now this last legend killer finisher had its own special thing that you did each week. You did something different. So the first week, see if I can go back to it here. So let's say chest day, for example. My legend killer finisher for chest day was just a dumbbell bench press. So a dumbbell flat bench, not incline. So the way you did this one, and this was probably my favorite way to do it. So I would basically two, do two to three sets. And so my reps would be this. I would, let's say I'm doing, I'm, so I'm doing the flat bench dumbbell bench press. So I would press up. And then I would come back down and I would hold the weights a little bit off my chest in that stretch position for one second. So I'd say one Mississippi. Then again, I go back up, come back down, hold in that same position where it's above my chest, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Push up, come back down. Now I'm holding for three seconds. And again, so you're doing one rep in between a hold while you're in a stretched position close to your chest for as many as you could do. So I would normally get to around eight to nine seconds before I failed, before I couldn't do any more. And I, I enjoyed that challenge of pumping out one and then kind of using that as your break, coming back down and then just mentally grinding as you're in this strained position, your muscles contracted, you're stretched and you're just one Mississippi, two Mississippi and you're, just trying, you're trying to hold it as much as you can before you get another break pressing it up, come back out. So I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing it that way. The second way, which was the following week was a little different. So this time in the second week, I would do two to three sets, but I would do a three, eight, six variation. So I basically start with about 90% of one, my one rep max, and I would do three reps immediately. And typically this was easier to do with dumbbells as opposed to a bench press. Cause then you have to go take the weights off and put it back, put on different ones. So it's easier just to grab a new set of dumbbells. So I would immediately change the weight that allows for eight to 10 reps. And then I'd perform eight reps at a normal, normal pace. So again, there's no rest here. There's literally, I do my three reps at a very high weight. I immediately grab new dumbbells or, or put new weights on the bar immediately start. I go for eight reps in the eight to 10 range. And then once again, no rest, I'm going to grab another weight, which is half as much as I just used and do six explosive reps. And so the explosive reps were kind of what we did before: explode up, slow eccentric, explode up, slow eccentric. So you do that for six repetitions with about half the weight that you just used trying to get the eight reps. And so then you would, that would be one set. You would then rest for about three minutes before doing it again, then resting for three minutes and doing it again. So that was okay. I, I didn't, it was... I did end up using the barbell bench press just because I got kind of, I really liked doing the barbell bench press. And I think I got sort of missed it. <laughs> I was like, dang, I really want to do the barbell bench press. So I would do it anyway. I'd kind of, cause he said, you can kind of do either. You do either dumbbell or barbell. So it did take me a little more time to pull the weights off and put new ones on, but I just really wanted to do barbell bench press. I missed it from, from previous months. So that was the way you did it week two. Now week three, once again, that, killer finisher uh, changed. And the third week, you would do basically one set of 50 repetitions, but here's how it would work. I would start with 70% of my one rep max, and I would perform as many reps as I could. So let's say I got eight reps. So that leaves me with 42 more repetitions. Now that 42 becomes my rest time in seconds. So, okay. So I did eight reps, there's 42 reps left. So now I get 42 seconds of rest. And then I start again. And let's say I get another eight. So now I'm at what? Oh gosh, quick math in my head here. 30, I was at 42. Gosh, minus eight. I just don't want to screw up here. That's why I'm getting nervous. <laughs> Two, minus six, four, four. So, so now I'm at 34 repetitions left. Now I have 34 seconds of rest. 
And then as soon as my 34 seconds rest are up, then I'm back at it, trying to do as many as I can. So you get to this point where you're resting so little that you really only can get up a few. And then you get, you know, maybe a 10 second rest and then you get up a few more and then then you only have a seven second rest. And so the last 20 repetitions were just major grinder repetitions because you just the rest time is so little. You're getting just a few seconds and you have to try to throw up another one. So I wasn't really honestly that great with keeping time here. I kind of guesstimated a lot because it's just hard to keep track of, you know, oh, 32 seconds now. Oh, 28 seconds now. Oh, 29. You know, it was just a lot. It's too hard to keep track of that really well. Did the best I could, but I definitely wasn't super strict on making sure. I only, I only had 42 seconds of rest. If I had 45 to 50, whatever, close enough, whatever. I'm not gonna not gonna beat myself up over that. So that those that was with the legend killer finisher, sort of three different ways that you would do them. And then of course you had the other exercises you did, and you did them three different ways based on three different weeks. So Let's go back to first chest day, week one. Now, some of the major ones involved, this one. So one of the things you also did was you started off with a legendary exercise. So it's typically an exercise that I'd never done before or done in some really weird way. So it's kind of an interesting way of trying out a new exercise that you probably never done before. So for example, for chest day, week one, the legendary exercise was a Svend press, which apparently there's a famous dude named Svend Carlson, who's a bodybuilder. So he would do a press where he would basically take two plates and push them, hold them together and push out and up. I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but I'm, I'm, I'm standing and I have two plates in my hand that I'm pressing together and I'm just pushing out from my body as far as I can a little bit at an angle high to get kind of a good chest squeeze on the chest. However, I don't feel like that's the greatest one for your chest because again, the weight is pulling you down. And so you're not, it's more of a shoulder. It's more hitting your front delts as a front raise, as opposed to really hitting your, I mean, you are getting a chest squeeze because when your hands are out in front in a, a closed position, you are getting, you know, good chest activation there. But again, it's more of, I'd say it's more of a shoulder workout than a chest workout. So that one was a little weird, but you know, it's fun to try something new. And then we had some of his standard ones. We had the floor flies and the floor press as a superset, which he does very, very, very often. He really likes doing the floor flies to the floor press superset. Again, I mentioned before, he's big on the, the floor flies because he thinks they, he believes they are safer for your shoulders than doing a fly on a bench where your shoulders are, you know, in a vulnerable position. And typically with four flies, you're doing a lot of weight. So he likes to always do them from the floor, giving you a nice little safety valve to where you're not going to go farther than 90 degrees. So, which I appreciate because I'm not looking to put any extra strain on my already, already struggling shoulders. If you listen to my pod about a week or two ago that I did the injury hour where I talked about my shoulder injuries and what I've done to overcome them, I'm not looking to put any extra strain on my shoulders. So I'm cool with doing the floor flies works for me. Then you did some X crossovers, which are sort of chest crossovers using the cables, which are kind of a staple in any chest building uh, regimen because, again, you're getting full uh, adduction of your chest because your hands are out in front of you and they're crossed. And so you're taking the chest through its full range of motion, which is great. There were some dips as well. You supersetted those, and then you were on to your Legend Killer finisher, and you were done. So I definitely noticed right away doing the muscle groups individually, I did get more, you know, mind muscle connection is what people always say. So towards the end of that first chest day, when I was doing dumbbell uh, barbell bench press at the end, I could literally feel the muscles in my chest contracting during the bench, which I had never actually felt before. And I don't don't know if any of you have ever experienced this where you're doing a bench press, but you don't really, you know, your chest is working, but you don't really feel a connection to your chest. You don't sometimes on the on the dumbbell bench press you can you can feel the stretch at least when your elbows are coming behind your body you can at least feel a stretch on your chest which it creates some sort of mind muscle connection but this time I could actually feel the muscles in my chest contracting as I was pressing up on the barbell which I had never really experienced before. And so that was really cool to be like, "Oh man, I'm actually 
really in control of what muscles are working right now. And I can, I can actually feel it working. So that was really cool. That was cool for me. I never had really experienced that before. Yeah. So that was, that was awesome. So then you moved on to back day, which I always look forward to back day. And so this one, the legendary exercise was called a Haney shrug. And this was normally a shrug. You have the bar in front of you and you just shrug your shoulders straight up and you contract your upper traps. However, the Haney shrug, you actually had the bar behind you. So it was actually resting under your glutes behind you. And you were doing the same thing. You were shrugging up, but now your elbows are behind your body and your elbows are coming up. I can't think of any movement to compare it to, but all I can say is your elbows were out behind your body doing a shrug. And so that was, that was one I had never tried before. Then you had some other, some sort of staple, you know, the straight arm push down, which you see people doing at the gym all the time. Uh, you had the one arm high cable row, which you don't see a lot of people doing that, but it's a good lat exercise because you're really focusing. Again, right, if I'm doing a pull-up, that's a compound movement where I'm, I'm using my abs, I'm using my shoulders, my back, a little bit of my chest, right? But if I'm just trying to target the lat itself, which is what this month was kind of all about, now I'm doing a cable row where I'm literally just stretching the lat and then squeezing the lat as my arm comes down into my side. And so again, these, these workouts were a lot more focused on individually working a muscle where I could just obviously go do pull-ups and that would work my lats. But again, now I'm involving all these other muscle groups though, which is not sort of the, the point of this month. Then you had some dumbbell, dumbbell pullovers, which Jeff's a big fan of, and then some dumbbell dead rows, which are very, very similar, to just regular rows, except you're, you're dropping the weight on the ground each time. Then you had the legend killer finisher was a lat pull down. So again, the lat pull down is again, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's very similar to a, a pull up except with a pull up, I'm getting a lot of abs involved in the movement and some other muscles, whereas lat pull down, I'm not really involving the abs at all. The abs don't really have to do anything at all. So again, I'm focusing more on the lat, which again, like I said before, was sort of the more of the focus of the workout. That was back day number two. Then day three was quads, 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 quads. And it was interesting. I had never done just a pure quads day before, probably my entire life. So this one, and this was actually one of my favorite exercises that I did the whole month. And it was the feet together squat, where you normally have your feet at least shoulder width, if not wider, when you're doing a squat, because you're not only involving your quads, but you're involving your hamstrings and you're involving some muscles of your groin and inner thigh that sort of also help out in the movement. Now, if you put your feet really, 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 really close together, where there's pretty much no space, you're taking all of those extra muscle groups away and it's focusing it almost completely on your quads. So doing the feet together squats actually felt pretty amazing because the 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 quads were getting hit super, super hard. Just nothing else is helping out. So obviously I couldn't do nearly as much weight because I don't have the other muscles help me out. But that was really fun to try that one. That's something I'm going to incorporate in the future because, again, you just really hit your quads super well. Then we did the goblet squat, which is a pretty standard one. You got the Bulgarian split squat, which is pretty standard in any bodybuilding program. You had a sumo drop squat, which, again, got more of those inner thigh, hamstring, butt muscles involved that maybe weren't as involved during that feet together squat. Then you some alternating dumbbell lunges, which again, pretty standard. And then this month was a lot of front squats. So the legend killer finisher always involved a barbell front squat. And, you know, at first, because I've never really done much barbell front squatting before I started doing this old school iron program, but I've actually fallen in love with the barbell front squat. I, I enjoy it almost as much, if not more than the regular squat, because I find that my form is, is a lot better because you can't when you're doing a regular squat, it's really easy to kind of fold your back to get it up. And it's really easy to kind of do more weight than you really can because you can sort of use your back more than you should on the way up. And so doing the barbell front squat basically eliminates that to where you just, you can't, you can't do that. And so your form has to be way better and way stronger. And I found that doing the front squat, I was way less likely to injure my knees at all because 
A, I couldn't do nearly as much weight as I could on a regular squat. And B, you just you can't utilize your back as much, and so you 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 can't use as much weight. And so you're having just better form in general, trying to keep yourself upright as opposed to just letting your back fold in during a regular back squat. So I've kind of fallen in love with the barbell front squat. I really like it a lot. And so again, that was first day, it was the ladder for that for that week. Then you move on to the shoulders. For the shoulders, the legendary exercise was the barbell Z press, which is basically doing a barbell overhead press, except you're sitting down. So again, when you're doing a barbell overhead press, it's a compound movement because you're getting your abs, your glutes, your hamstrings are contributing to keeping you stable while you press the bar straight up and behind you. Now, if you're sitting down, none of those muscle groups can help out. So it really focuses everything on the shoulders, which again was the point of this month, right? No compound lifts, just hitting certain muscle groups in particular. So I really enjoyed the barbell Z press. I liked it a lot because again, you got to really focus on just hitting the shoulders. Nothing else can help out. Dumbbell side laterals, pretty standard. That's pretty much in every shoulder bodybuilding workout. You had cheat laterals, which Jeff likes to kind of get some eccentric involved. Front raises, which I've recently heard from some other YouTubers that are kind of pointless to do front raises because you're getting so much front delt work with all your other, you know, your bench press and your shoulder work is a lot of, it's very front delt dominated. And so some YouTubers have made the case recently that doing front raises in your, in your plan are kind of pointless. And so I'm still battling with that. Whether or not I believe that because Jeff has front raises a lot in his programs. And so I'm, I tend to trust Jeff more than I don't. But it definitely makes me wonder if maybe I'm wasting my time on the front raises. And then we had a little dumbbell scoop press, which is sort of another way to get a little extra shoulder work when you're a little fatigued because there's a lot of obviously supersetting on day one. Then the killer, kind of killer finisher was the dumbbell Arnold press, which is very standard. Yes, everyone pretty much knows about the Arnold, the Arnold press. So that was shoulder day. Loved having a day just specifically for shoulders. That was awesome. And of course, my favorite day of the week, arms day. Oh, my gosh. Love working on my arms. For those of you who know, that's kind of my, I say my most, my best feature is my arms. So this one was the legendary exercise was the Garanda by a guy named Vince. I'm probably butchering the name, but Vince Garanda is the name of the guy. They're Garanda drag curls. And so what you do is you take a, a bar that you would normally do a regular curl with, but instead of having your elbows out in front of your body when you do a bicep curl, this time you're basically having your elbows as back far back behind your body as possible to where you're just dragging the weight. Like the, the bar is basically touching your chest all the way up. It's touching your stomach, then going up, then touching your chest. And so it really stops you from being able to use any momentum, A, and B, sort of use more, I'm trying to think what muscles you would you use. I think you'd use a lot more, you'd, you'd kind of sometimes, some of the, the front delt I think does more work again when you have it far out in front of you. Whereas this just forces your bicep to have to take on a majority of the load because you can't get momentum and you can't have it far out in front of you to where you can kind of get some shoulder contribution. So really enjoyed that one as well. And you had the no money curls, which is basically a curl where you're just focusing on, you know, revealing the inside of your bicep, I guess, instead of having, you know, your, I'm trying to know how to describe it. Basically, you're externally rotated, I guess is the best way to describe it while you're doing a, a curl. Then you had some, these are interesting, behind the neck chin-ups, where I'm doing a chin-up, but I'm actually trying to touch the back of my neck. So those were kind of fun, actually. You couldn't do very many of them. I couldn't do very many of them, but they were fun. Then the killer finisher for the biceps was the dumbbell waiter curl, which is essentially you're lifting one weight, and you're kind of having your hands really close together. And that one, you get a great, you get such a great squeeze on that one. Oh my gosh, it feels, feels amazing. Then you went moved on to the triceps. You did one arm overhead dumbbell, pretty standard. You did uh, dumbbell kickbacks, pretty standard. You did this incline gym press, which was kind of awkward to be honest. I didn't like that at all. And then of course you got some lying dumbbell tricep extensions, which are really the most standard tricep movement you can do because you're hitting the long head of the tricep. And again, about two to three sets of that. So arms day, and then you finish it off with the glutes and hams. And again, no deadlifts. Well, I shouldn't say that. So mostly no deadlifts, at least not with the regular barbell. Although the one, you did do a legendary exercise, which was the Jefferson deadlift, where you actually, 
one foot was behind the bar and one foot was in front of the bar. So it actually looks like you're almost pulling the bar up into your crotch. <laughs> so that was weird. That was a weird one to do. It was interesting. I don't know if that's something I'll continue to do. But then you did stick le stiff leg deadlifts with dumbbells. You did reverse sprinter lunges with dumbbells. You did frog presses with dumbbells. You did, you know, your typical hip thrusts with a barbell. Then you did a dumbbell Romanian deadlifts again with the dumbbell, not the bar. And then some calf stuff. So again, I don't love using dumbbells for deadlifts at all because I find that my grip strength gives out before my leg strength does. And so it kind of, I never feel like I really get that good work using dumbbells because again, my, I lose my grip before I lose my strength. So I don't know if I'm really pushing to failure on some of those. And it's just awkward. I don't know. It's, just, it's so much easier with the bar. I don't, I don't know why people like to do it with, with that. So anyway, um, I won't go too much in the other workouts cause they were, it was a lot of the same exercises just done in again, different ways. Actually, let me, let me double check. Let me check chest day again and see how different it was. I mean, again, the legendary exercise was different. Okay. You know what? I lied. There's actually a good amount of differentiation because I'm looking at day two of chest and I forgot we did incline and we did some dips. We did some cable. Oh, we did a couple of the same a couple different. Anyway, bottom line, I really love this month. The only thing I did not love about this month was how often you, you did change exercises because I found that I find that I enjoy working out the most when I can see progress based on my recordings of my workouts. So, and people have actually come into the gym and been like, well, dude, what are you writing? Cause I'll just sit down and write. I have this big old journal that I plop out at the gym cause I track everything I do. And I track, you know, I did eight reps with this weight and it was easy, medium, hard, or very hard. Right. So I, I'm pretty, that's pretty detailed tracking that I do. Cause I want to know exactly, Oh, Hey, that was, you know, these three, three, that was easy. I said last time. So I'm going to up it then. Cause I, I put E as in those sets were easy. So I needed to make it harder. So I'm pretty, pretty detailed with that. And so I found that because not only did the exercises change a lot, but the way you did them changed a lot and the amount, you know, the rep ranges changed a lot. I couldn't really track. I spent most of my time, especially since there were so many new exercises they threw in with the legendary ones and then new other stuff that I had never done. It was hard for me to actually just be able to really get good at certain movements to where I could see the progress. I spent most of my time trying to sort of guess on, okay, I'm doing this new exercise. Sort of, I, don't, I, have the, I don't really know exactly how much weight I need to do to really... So I just kind of pick a random one and then hope for the best. And, oh, that was too hard. That was too easy. So I wasted a lot of time trying to figure out what weight I needed to do for these new exercises that I hadn't done. And then by the time I figured out, okay, now I know what weights to do and what weights to do next time to, to push, push my body. Oh, we already moved on to a different exercise. So that was frustrating. I, I was frustrated by the amount of change and how fast it was. And I, again, I like doing the same movements for at least a couple weeks because then I can track and see, oh man, you know, I was doing bicep barbell curls at 90, you know, I was able to hit 90 for five for three sets. And then I did it again the next week and I was able to hit 95 for two of the sets. And maybe I was able to, maybe I failed on the third, but oh man, hey, look, progress. My, I grew in strength. I, was able to perform the lift heavier based on my recordings. Sweet. I'm growing. I'm getting stronger. I need, I need that. I need to see that. And when everything changes so frequently, I never got to really, I mean, I, I mean, I felt like I was building muscle still, but sometimes I'm thinking, well, am I though? I mean, I don't really, I have no way to track to see if I really am building strength. And so that was frustrating. So I remember basically I finished the first three weeks. And then I ended up because the last week was pretty much three different total body exams. So I ended up actually saying, no, no, I'm going to pick my favorite for, 
for each day, I'm going to go through the cycle one more time, chest, back, quads, shoulders, arms, glutes, hams, but I'm going to pick my favorite one and do it again so I can see if I actually improved. So I would kind of go through and say, what was my favorite chest day out of the three chest days? And I would pick that one. I did it again. And then because I had data from the previous time I did it, I could actually do everything again and see, oh, did I improve? Oh, sweet. I improved here. I was able to do more dips or yada, yada. And I did the same thing for the whole week. I did my favorite back one, my favorite quads, my favorite. And that was my most favorite week out of the whole month because I got to actually see if I made progress. And I got to do the same set of exercises I'd already done to see if I could do them better and get stronger. So that was the most fun week because I got, again, I got to see that. And then I jumped right into the three total body exams basically that I did. And I just finished the last one today, which is why I'm doing this, this podcast today. Cause I, I finished, I'm completed. I've completed it. It's done. It's over. Boom. I definitely am going to do it again. And I have been looking forward to try to going back to month one. And if you want to go listen back to my month one podcast, you're more than welcome to that one again was more, that was total body and it was focused on really heavy compound lifts. And so I'm kind of looking forward to going back to that because I really want to, I miss being able to see progress. And that month specifically, you really get to have time because you're doing sort of the same three total body workouts the whole month, actually four, and you get to repeat them a few different times. And so you can see your progress. So I'm looking forward to just doing something where I can see my progress based on my recordings. Cause again, you can't always really tell when you're looking in the mirror, you kind of look, you feel like, Oh, I just look the same. Or, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like a plant sort of, you know, if you just saw yourself every day, you would never really think that you grew at all because you're so used you know, it's not like you saw yourself one day and then saw yourself two months later and we're like, Holy crap. Right. If you see yourself every day, you get kind of used to seeing yourself every day. It's hard to see if anything's really changed because you don't see that big growth. You just are growing a little, little bits at a time. So again, that was month four of the athlete X program. Again, I, I liked having, I liked trying the individual muscle work without the compound lifts, but I found that I really, really missed the compound lifts. <laughs> I, I missed performing those there's something about it. Again, I think it just has to do with me being an athletic person and enjoying athletics. You just want to perform something really well and you want to have multiple muscles all contributing because that's an athletic move and that's fun. And I, I, I wanted to, I want to experience that again. So I'm, we'll see, I guess I'm going to be doing dragon since I told you all I would. So I'm not, Oh boy, it's going to be tough. One other thing I did as well, and I'm, I'll probably do more of an individualized podcast on this one specifically. I bought another program of Jeff's. I bought his core for abs. because so I was thinking, you know what? I want to take, I mean, I use his, his six pack shuffle, which is free by the way. If any of you want to download the app and use it, it's honestly one of the most better It's one of the best free resources for ab workouts you can do. You know, you can tailor it to your, your level. You can tailor it to what equipment you have. It's amazing. I was already getting great results from just doing the six pack shuffle three or four times a week. I was already, my abs were looking fantastic, but I thought, you know, what? I want to take my abs to the next level. So I bought his core four abs program and I'm currently in the first month about, I'm at, I'm on week three of that one. And I'm, I'm in, I'm right now. I'm not convinced that it's that much better than the, than the shuffle. Cause I was getting great results with the shuffle, but I feel like I'm learning a lot. And one of the, one of the main things I feel like I'm also what's really helping is when in this, in this core four abs program that Jeff has, he focuses on sort of core four is four different areas of your abs. You get your upper rectus abdominis, abdominis, sorry, I can't say that you have your lower um, adductors, you have your obliques. And then the fourth zone is actually your low back and your glutes. And so what's great about this program is I'm actually every day, pretty much, or about five days a week, because the, it's just about, yeah, one, one ab workout a day for either five or six days during the week. And I'm getting a, a lot more glute work 
because he, he includes your glutes and your low back as part of your ab training. And I have not seen that before. And that's not really in the shuffle. You're not really ever doing any sort of glute work. And so I'm finding I'm really loving that I'm getting consistent glute work in while also doing my ab work. Because again, we could all use more glute work. We all sit a lot. And so our, our, our gluteus max and our gluteus medius atrophy. And we sort of lose the ability to even activate to even feel the mind muscle connection to our glutes because they're just sitting and atrophying so often. So anytime you can get extra glute work in is do it, you know, that's, that's big. So I'm enjoying that. He includes that as part of the abs that I'm doing. Cause he includes that as, as that is part of your core and that's your butt is such a crucial part of, especially any sort of athletic movement all comes from your, your butt and your hips. You swing a bat, that's hips. You swing a golf club, hips, you throw a football, hips basketball is probably the only one where you don't really have to worry about your hips that one's a straight quad you're just jumping up and down but a lot of other sports involved something where your hip is turning to create force and to create power and you need strong a strong butt and a strong and strong glutes to achieve that performance so i love that that's included i love it I don't, I, don't, I don't think I have anything else really to say about it. Again, I, I really like the program. It was worth every penny I spent. If you are someone who's looking for workout programs, especially if you're new, I would highly recommend Jeff because the website layout is amazing. You're not just getting some PDF in some Microsoft Excel file. I mean, this is like professional level done with a meal plan, I, I click on chest day, it pulls up one big one main walkthrough video where he explains everything in detail. And then I scroll down and he has like little gifts of him doing each exercise. And you can actually click on that. And then it'll take you to a bigger screen where he explains each exercise in detail about two to three minutes per exercise saying, Hey, this is what it is. And this is why we're doing it, which I love because I, I want to know why. Don't just tell me to do a squat. Tell me why I'm doing a squat. Tell me why this movement is important to me or or why, what muscles I'm using. or So I feel like I'm basically getting schooling on PT and strength training just, just watching his videos every day because he'll be like, all right, we're doing the squat. Okay, it involves this muscle. It involves this muscle. Don't do it this way because then you're engaging this muscle or you could hurt yourself. Okay, here's how to do it. Shows you shows how to do it a couple of times, blah, blah, blah. Boom, then you, you do the next one. And so I'm learning so much as I'm watching each video. Oh my gosh, oh, that's why he's doing that one because it activates this muscle or that's why he's doing it that way because it takes this muscle out of the equation and activates that one. And I'm just learning, I'm just absorbing. And it's so, so well done and so clear. And he has descriptions of, you know, exact rest times that you're doing and whether or not it's form failure and the exact sets and reps and detailed explanations on things. So now again, I can't, I haven't bought a lot of other workout programs, so I guess I don't have anything to compare it to, but I've seen, for example, Roy, my buddy Roy has showed me the Kino body ones. And that one looks more almost like a PDF ish type thing to where, you know, it just has the exercise kind of written almost like a document sheet where it just says, Hey, this is, you're doing this exercise for, you know, four, six, seven, but there's no place to, I can't go and individually watch him perform each exercise and explain it to me. Right. It's just a sheet of paper that says, do this, do that, do that, do that. And some numbers, but Jeff's is I get to watch every single movement, every single exercise, I get to watch him do it, watch him, hear him explain it, hear him break it down, tell me why we're doing it. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a workout program and a class and a strength training class all in one. So it is worth every dime I spent for it, every dime. And I plan on buying more of his programs in the future, because again, I, I love to work out, but I also love to learn. And so it's great if someone gives me a PDF of, hey, do these things. But man, it, I want to learn why. I want to learn, you know, what ways to do it that are better form. And I want to learn, 
I want to learn the why. I want to know all the details about this and why we're doing it and what it's working and how to do it properly so I'm not engaging other muscles or not hurting myself. I don't get that with someone just selling me a PDF. So just programs far and away, incredible, incredible quality. Would highly recommend to anyone out there if you have not started to work our program and you're looking for one, I just I gotta I gotta, you know, give props to my boy Jeff, dude. He knows how to put together a workout plan. He knows how to make it educational. That's why I follow him. It's why I watch his videos. That's why I've I've been inspired to make my own YouTube channel, Next Level Health. Yeah, flipping I dude. I, I just I love it. I can't can't stop gushing about it. So anyway, I will I will let you off with that. Again, I'll be doing I'll be doing the dragon. Bruce Lee workouts here pretty soon. It's going to be brutal, but I'm looking forward to it. So again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you are on a workout plan soon. And again, if, like I said, if you're interested in learning more about, especially nutrition, follow my YouTube channel, Next Level Health, subscribe, because I'm trying to get a thousand subscribers so I can start making a little money from, from the tube. And I just love to do it. I love to make content for people and educate people because I think, yeah, I could, you know, I could, I could feed you, right? I could give you a fish. But then you're gonna need another fish tomorrow, another fish tomorrow, another fish tomorrow. But then if I can if I can teach you how to fish, you don't need me. You can go and, and fish all day long and fish for other people and teach someone else how to fish. So I've always had that mentality. Teach someone to fish, don't just give them fish. So that's just that's just my mentality. And I feel like Jeff does that. Jeff's sort of teaching you how to fish, not just giving you a PDF with, hey, here fish, and keep coming back to me. No, I'm gonna teach you how to fish. So you know what you're doing. You can obviously make your own plan in the, in the future. So anyway, guys, thanks again for listening. Hope you, well, I know you enjoyed it. What should I say? Hope you enjoyed it. I know you did. <laughs> but again, thanks for supporting the podcast. I appreciate it. I love podcasting. I'm going to continue to do this. Please share this with any friends, families that you have who are interested in this type of content. And yeah, guys, thanks again for listening. And I will see you on the next pod.